You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, I've got some positive stats on a couple of Texans players, and it's our weekly visit with our NFL expert and fantasy guru, Andy Rio. I'll ask Andy about Sunday's Texans versus Bills matchup, the best games around the league, and who you should add to your fantasy team. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast, my normal co-host, Brian Patterson, with this one off. Thanks for diving in to your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews on Wednesday. Deshaun Watson ended speculation and said he's definitely playing Sunday. That's good. Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller is a go also. So a couple of positives right there. And how about some positive offensive line numbers? I, che- I checked our partners at Pro Football Focus. Listen to this. Among guards with 200-plus snaps, Zach Fulton has the fourth-best pass-blocking grade in the NFL. Among centers with 200-plus snaps, Nick Martin has the 10th best pass blocking grade in the NFL. And among tackles with 200 plus snaps, Julione Davenport has the sixth best run blocking grade in the NFL. That's got to make you feel a little bit better about the offensive line. Those are some, some good numbers to work off of. And as you probably know, DeAndre Hopkins, he's kind of awesome. Uh, He's number one now among NFL wide receivers in total yards, yards per game and catches for more than 20 yards. He's number two in catches for first downs. Uh, Just remarkable stuff continually from DeAndre. Let me bring in Andy Rio for Fantasy Takes and NFL Inside. Andy brings his two decades of experience writing for fantasy publications and websites. You'll also find his weekly article on our website, if you haven't seen it already, LockedOnTexans.com. And Andy, you just heard those stats on DeAndre Hopkins. Where do you put him among wide receivers at this very moment? Is he number one yet? I tell you what, he's probably more like 1B or 1C at this point. There's so many great receivers in this era of pro football. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. uh, Obviously, Hopkins is right up there with those guys. There are some others as well. I don't know if it's really that important to differentiate between who is the absolute best of the best. They're all pretty awesome. It's a good era to have wide receivers uh, or to watch wide receivers. Um, any major impressions from that Cowboys game? Was it the all-time classic that Chris Collinsworth was trying to sell us all on at the end of that game? <laughs> Maybe not an all-time classic, but it certainly was a competitive game that had you on the edge of your seat pretty much throughout, especially as we got into the fourth quarter in overtime. So certainly a game to remember, not one of the NFL's all-time greatest games, but uh, certainly in uh, football lore as far as the state of Texas goes, definitely notable. Any takeaways? I mean, the talk this week among Texans fans, of course, red zone issues for the Texans, Deshaun Watson protecting him so he doesn't get pummeled like he has, not not really protecting him. Him protecting himself was, you know, that's that's kind of become the that's the talking point really is he needs to do it himself more than anything yeah he needs to uh there are just times i think he needs to kind of settle in and not run and not uh subject himself to punishment because they're not going anywhere if he's not in the lineup uh you know an incomplete pass in some cases is a way better result than taking more shots what do you think about this bills game on sunday uh just thoughts i guess from a game strategic perspective and then 
maybe a fantasy perspective as well. Well, the the key is is the Texans cannot take the Bills lightly. Buffalo obviously is not an elite team, uh, and for the most part, they have not played anywhere close to an elite team. But Minnesota certainly took them lightly, and I think the Titans did as well. Uh, the Texans are going to have to have to tough it out. I mean, they've had two long overtime games. And at some point, that may wear them down. But just on raw talent, as long as they take Buffalo seriously, I don't think they're going to have any problems winning the game. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, uh, of course, you know, Watson and Hopkins, automatic starters. Uh, the situation to watch will be Will Fuller, um, because he was limited, it looked like, last week. I, I would expect he'll come back with a little bit more of a bang this week. Uh, certainly Kiki QT, who got his first NFL touchdown against uh, Dallas, will continue to be a factor. I think both Fuller and QT certainly can be started by most fantasy teams. We'll see if Lamar Miller uh, I mean, should be back this week. We'll see how involved he's going to be because Alfred Blue was certainly adequate against Dallas on Sunday night. Kind of a situation where I'm not sure if either back is really going to be an ideal flex, um, you know, because Miller hasn't really looked all that great this year. They may give Blue more work, and both may kind of just be keeping the seat warm until Deontay Foreman comes back, which he is eligible to come off of uh, the pup list after this week. So that is another interesting story to watch to see how the backfield breaks down this week, but most importantly going forward, because a, a case certainly can be made that Foreman has more upside than Miller and Blue. Sounds like Deontay Foreman's recovery is on time and probably will be ready in a couple of weeks. Uh, so that's good news for the Texans. Do you think they pick up their third win and get to 500 in this one? Yes, I do. Uh, my thoughts on the Texans is I think that they've got a chance to be at 500 at midseason. Uh, going to Jacksonville after this game is certainly going to be a tough one. Uh, then coming home to host Miami, that should be a little bit easier. The Dolphins look to be in free fall right now, and that 3-0 and start really looks like a fluke. Uh, but just looking to this week, yeah, I think they do uh, even their mark at 3-3. And, and uh, you know, Jacksonville and Tennessee – uh, probably, uh, you know, both have decent chances of winning their games, but no locks, that's for sure. We're going to hit your five favorite NFL matchups this week in a bit, but just a reminder to get all of your NBA previews this week at Locked On NBA, six teams a day, five days in the week, 30 teams previewed from the local experts of Locked On NBA. Follow Locked On NBA on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. We've got to talk about our sponsor. Also, Swap.com partners with them. Isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? There is, and it's called Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. I've used thrift stores before. Great way to find clothes, some cool looking stuff. And, you know, you, you stop driving to the store after store, sifting through the racks, easily sift through millions of clothes in seconds on swap.com with easy to use filters to find what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year, but shopping secondhand at swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is you know, something we can all feel good about. It's the largest 
online consignment and thrift store. And with Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lulamon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. It's quality, hand-inspected items. They're added every single day there. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. We have a special offer for our listeners. We always have a special offer, and that's the cool thing. You get 35% off selected items for your first order with promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON, all one word, plus find cool new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. Go to Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Well, Andy, the marquee game of the week is, of course, Pat Mahomes versus Tom Brady. I don't even have to talk about the teams. It's it's about those two guys as much as anything. Will Mahomes finally show us he's human this week? <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that. I think he's going to have a big night. Um, the question is, is can he outduel Brady? I mean, the Patriots have shown some growth on defense uh, the past couple of games. Not sure it'll be enough to slow Mahomes. Uh, but Kansas City's defense has also struggled this year. So uh, it it ought to be a very interesting high-scoring game, and I'm sure the Patriots have not forgotten Kansas City coming into Foxborough last year on opening night and beating them. Let's also not forget that it was the Chiefs who pounded the Patriots that led to Bill Belichick's famous we're on to Cincinnati line. So the Kansas City has had some success against the Patriots in recent years. I mean, this is just, for the most part, going to be a fantasy free-for-all. Anybody that pretty much can be started, with the possible exceptions of Chris Hogan on the New England side, is worth a look. A little quietly, maybe under the radar, Gronk, not quite what he was, Andy, as a a player and a fantasy option. Is age, do you think, finally caught up? The age, the injuries, all that sort of stuff? To a degree, but with tight end being such a weak position right now for a variety of reasons, even a watered-down Gronk is still a quality option. Big AFC South game. Uh, It's Baltimore at Tennessee. Good chance that the Titans could lose and the Texans win, and that puts the two teams even after six, six games. What do we need to know about this one? A lot of defense is going to be played in this game. <laughs> um, you know, this is not uh, this is one of those games that's not a fantasy scoring potential game. It's more of a real life gut level brawl type of game. Um, both defenses certainly uh, worthy of starting assignments. Although I would be higher on Baltimore. Uh, just can't get into Marcus Mariota again after another disappointment. Uh, it just occasionally there's still a flash, but mostly he just remains a very disappointing fantasy player. Uh, at times he certainly can be classified as a better real life player than fantasy player. He has certainly shown to be generally at least an adequate to slightly above average quarterback, but, uh, going to be a tough one against the Ravens this week. And some of their other talented young players just haven't gotten on track. Corey Taylor, Taiwan Taylor, Derek Henry, uh, Deion Lewis has had a little bit of uh, positivity this year, but he's backslid since week one. So right now I just don't find anything to be super compelling on the Tennessee offense, really Baltimore's offense outside of John Brown. And of course, kicker, Justin Tucker, uh, former Texas Longhorn um, is also dicey. Michael Crabtree has been struggling with drops. 
Uh, Willie Sneed is okay, but I mean, just you're not going to see him go for a 200-yard game. He doesn't have that kind of upside. And the backfield's been uh, kind of a mess between Alex Collins and Buck Allen. Joe Flacco has been better this year, but he's pretty much been a fantasy backup his entire career, and that's what he's going to be another week. So I, I would expect that game could easily end up something like 16-13 to 13 with – uh, Baltimore eking it out. So there's a chance then. Yeah, those two teams, the Texans, well, not two teams, you know, I'm the Texans, the Titans could be locked in at three and three after a couple of weeks. And you know what? Am I reading your story correctly? There's a big matchup in week six involving the Browns? What? What? Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's a somewhat interesting game. Yeah, it's certainly not the biggest matchup of the week, but it's really a good test, I think, for both the Browns and the Chargers because. The Browns now at 2-2-1 are certainly competitive, and they've got a team making a long trip from the West Coast to play them. The Chargers have really flipped the script this year. Uh, They haven't been underachieving. Their three wins were over teams that they should beat, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Oakland. And certainly their two losses, which were to the Rams and the Chiefs, who are undefeated uh, at 10-0 combined between them, uh, not shameful losses in any way. Uh, you know, it, it's a good middle ground test for the Chargers because the Browns have at least advanced into the middle ground, really. I mean, 2-2-1 two, two is a 500 record. You can't get any more middle ground than that, and they found ways to be competitive. It's going to be an interesting test for what has been a resurgent Cleveland defense because they've got to go against a lot of firepower, Phillip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. And certainly it'll be another test for Baker Mayfield. Chargers defense uh, isn't uh, where it could be. They're still waiting, of course, for Joey Bosa to come back. But, uh, you know, they could give Mayfield some fits. Uh, Certainly Carlos Hyde and Jarvis Landry have brought a lot of stability to the Browns. Uh, They are quality starters this week. I want to call this one with Philip Rivers and Baker Mayfield the Testosterone Bowl. You think that's a good the title for it? Those two guys. Could they, very well be, yes. <laughs> those two guys, man. The, the, there's a little bit of testosterone between the, the two of them. But, yeah, the Browns, if nothing else, they're entertaining every single week. You know, it comes down to the wire and more than the wire overtime. And uh, it's, just, it's been a fun year if you're a Browns fan to, to watch this for the first time in ages. But um, let's go to the next one and. Steelers versus Bengals. Speaking of that AFC North division, this feels much bigger for the Steelers because they're scheduled the rest of the way. Andy, it's really difficult, and the Bengals have played well so far. Yeah, Pittsburgh really needs this one because otherwise Cincinnati's going to be 5-1 and one and the Steelers are going to be 2-3-1. and one. So, yes, this is an absolutely critical game for the Steelers. Uh, They're heading into their bye next week, and Cincinnati's got to go to Kansas City next week. In fact, that game was flexed into Sunday night football, so two primetime showings in a row for uh, Pat Mahomes and everything. So uh, it is an absolutely critical game from Pittsburgh's perspective. Um, The usual Steeler suspects should be in your lineup, though. Uh, Given that uh, Pittsburgh's defense has struggled, could be a big day for A.J. Green. The last time the two teams played in Cincinnati, he had seven catches for 77 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Boyd uh, also could have a pretty good day, although he had a little bit of an off day last Sunday. But he has been very dependable, even more important now with Tyler Eifert loss for the season. 
Uh, Joe Mixon uh, came back against uh, Miami at 115 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, Gio Bernard's expected to be out, so it's going to be the Mixon show, and he'll do well. One more game that you had in your take five, uh, top five games of the week, but we're going to save that one for all you listeners. Go check it out on LockedOnTexans.com. You can see uh, what it is and what he has to say about that one. Next up, uh, who should you hire and who should you fire on, on your fantasy team? That's coming up in a bit, but hey, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, as we always remind you, tell your friends, you know, spread the word, help us out a little bit, support our show. And you can also support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. That's another way just to get more people to find the show uh, wherever they are as a Texans fan. Let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, and iTunes, all the usual places. We, we want you to be a part of the conversation as well, so email LockedOnTexans at mail.com for questions or comments, or go to Twitter, find us there at LockedOnTexans, or on Facebook, LockedOnTexans, of course. Where, what else? Uh, but that's where you can find us. Again, the email is LockedOnTexans at mail.com. All right, Andy, uh, let's, uh, we're getting to the good stuff now for fantasy owners. If I, if I need help on my fantasy team this week, who do I hire? Who should I grab if they're available on the waiver wire? Well, the biggest story of the week, really, that impacted the waiver wire was the news in Philadelphia that JHI is out for the season to torn ACL. Uh, that means Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement are going to be the main running backs uh, for Philadelphia going forward, unless, of course, there is some sort of trade that takes place. There have been rumors about LaShawn McCoy, who the Texans will see on Sunday, uh, going back to the city of brotherly love. There's even been some discussion about Le'Veon Bell. But we're going to live in the here and now, uh, and Smallwood and Clement both this week should get some work. Clement's coming back from an injury. It might be a slight lean to Smallwood this week week but they can pretty much immediately be used as flexes um darren sproles coming back later on might muddy the water somewhat but uh, as much as we like sproles he is in the twilight of his career so smallwood and clement i think are definite ads at quarterback uh, you know i've still seen Jameis winston available in some of my leagues and i'm sure he's out there in some other leagues a great matchup with atlanta and with all those weapons in Tampa Bay, he could certainly start a lot of games for you down the stretch. All right. The other side of the coin, who do you fire? You got to get those guys off my team because they're, they're causing me problems. Well, I hated to list this guy this week, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, again, this may be a case where you just need to bench him instead of outright cut him because it can be fool's goal to bet against Larry Fitzgerald, but he hasn't scored a touchdown this year. He's averaging 35.2 yards a game. Uh, also been battling a variety of ailments. Uh, Christian Kirk, a rookie, uh, many fans around here would know him from Texas A&M. Uh, he seems to have good rapport with uh, Josh Rosen at quarterback. Uh, another guy who's been a big-name receiver in recent years who has really struggled this year due to injuries and a new uh, run-oriented, even more run-oriented attack in Seattle. That's Doug Baldwin. Three games, just six receptions for 42 yards. Uh, those are really the numbers of just random guys on the waiver wire. Um, certainly, if you think he can turn things around, keep him on the bench. Uh, he doesn't have a bad matchup this week against Oakland, but right now Tyler Lockett has essentially been Seattle's best receiver. I had Alex Smith 
as a firing. Um, you know, he did not play very well on Monday night in New Orleans. And uh, he's got a, you know, it's, it's no secret he's got a weaker supporting cast in Washington than he did in Kansas City. Not like he's going to be awful, but he's back to being pretty low ceiling. And with the way the quarterback position is these days, there's guys out there with more upside on a weekly basis, even if they're just one-week streamers. Probably one of the most interesting cases in the fired column was Mason Crosby. And we all saw that Crosby missed five kicks against Detroit. Of course, the case is he's with a great offense. They've got a prime scoring matchup against San Francisco on Monday night. The question there is, what if Green he misses his first opportunities? The Packers decide they start going for two. Do they have Aaron Rodgers and the offense go for it more on fourth and short when they might have kicked a field goal in the past? I mean, they should have their way with San Francisco anyways. He goes on by in week seven, does Crosby. And most owners don't like to keep two kickers. I'm usually not fond of it myself. Uh, if you think Crosby's going to rebound, then keep him in there. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, you might end up in a situation like we had this week where he missed out on a lot of scoring opportunities, only finished with three points. It could be just as bad this week. So kind of a situation where you can look at both sides keeping and cutting him. Um, but you know the risks there. There are a lot of risks. The other story we haven't touched on at all this week, Andy, in our other in our show, but you know it's worth mention. Of course, is Drew Brees um, setting another amazing record, and you know with more records to come. Um, you, you you know your NFL history as much as anybody. I don't know if you've thought about this at all, but you know what did you think about you know just him getting this record and. You know, just Drew Brees in general. You know, do you do you is there a place that you've kind of thought about him among the hierarchy of all time NFL quarterbacks? I mean, does he get in your top five? Is he a top eight guy? Like, I don't know if you've thought about that, but just thoughts on on that whole uh, that whole record on Monday night. Well, I really haven't given it a specific thought as to where I would rank him among my all time quarterbacks, but that was a very special moment on Monday night. Uh, it was very fun to watch. I mean, he's been a class act. Uh, he did so much, uh, you know, to revitalize New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina really brings some spirit back into the city. I mean, the first year they came back, they were in the NFC Championship game. And then just three short years later, the Saints won their first Super Bowl. Once upon a time, that would have been unfathomable for New Orleans. That was the franchise that went 20 years without having their first winning record in playoff berth. So he's really made New Orleans into an elite franchise during his time there. Um, they have uh, certainly threatened for NFC supremacy a lot of those years. They might have been in the NFC championship game last year, were it not for the Stephon Diggs Minneapolis miracle. So he's definitely one of the all-time greats. I'd have to give it some thought as to where I would put him in that category, but uh, definitely an all-time great. I heard a number that blew me away if he has had a top 27 defense with the saints a top 27 like not not a top 10 a top 27 defense with the saints his saints team made the playoffs with drew Brees. that's just unre it's remarkable uh unbelievable uh drew Brees, uh really special and and andy it's always fun to talk to you uh people can find you on at Andy Rio, A-N-D-Y, and your last name is spelled R-I-O-U-X on Twitter. Always fun to talk to you, man. Yeah, great talking to you as well, as always.
We'll do it again next week. And, uh, of course, you can get the content on LockedOnTexans.com, as I said. Calvin Crawford, Brandon Gimple also doing good work over there, writing some stories for us. And uh, on my Houston Sports Talk podcast, we're scheduled to have on Evan Drellick, the former Houston Chronicle Astros beat writer, works up in Boston covering the Red Sox now. We'll preview the Red Sox and the Astros. Kind of a big deal over there. Uh, that's all we got for this Locked On Texans. Uh, unless something crazy happens, I think the next time we'll talk to you is at the postgame show after the game on Sunday against the Bills. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, <laughs> 